Greetings. It's Dave Zorko with Fatterday Omaha, your connection to food, friendship, and the restaurant industry people that make it happen in Omaha and elsewhere. Have you ever had a on me? You know, the delicious Vietnamese sandwich with crusty bread, savory protein, and fresh vegetables? Well, if you haven't, you might want to get to the Bon Me shop at 923 Galvin Road in Bellevue. This episode, though, it's not a food review. Nope, we have the person that brought the Bon Me to Bellevue, owner Chloe Tran. She is a UNO grad that saw an opportunity to be an entrepreneur and fill tummies with tasty sandwiches that were not widely available in our town. So, hang on to your fork, stay right where you are, and Saturday Omaha will be right back. Keep listening if you're hungry. You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Saturday Omaha. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Hi, this is Dave with Saturday Omaha, and I'm sitting inside the beautiful Bon Me shop with Chloe Tran, who's the owner and operator of the Bon Me shop. Chloe, how are you? Good. How are you? I am doing really good. Well, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. So the shop is actually open right now, Mm -hmm. and you were thinking about maybe closing early. We're actually here on Labor Day, and of course, uh, the life of a restaurant owner is never never done. You're always working, so you're laboring even on Labor Day. Yes. (laughs) So you said you were cooking at home, Mm -hmm. you're checking on the shop. The shop might stay open a little bit later because you're busy enough, and I, I see some bubble teas and... All sorts of stuff happening out there, and uh, I'm sure I'll see a banh mi sandwich go by at any moment. So you're always busy, but more importantly, how are you, and how are things at the restaurant? What's going on at banh mi shop? Um, we've been really steady this year. Um, I say business picked up, and um, there, there's nothing to complain. We have regulars, we have new people to come in um, and try it out, and um, surprisingly, after five years, we still got a lot of new customers coming in, and yeah. you know, just now find out about us so that's pretty exciting that's awesome so you so you've been here five years now yeah so it's going to be five years this november this november okay Mm -hmm. so coming up very very shortly here Mm -hmm. and you've expanded because the the room we're sitting in i don't think was was it part of the original opening or did you expand out into this area because i'm trying to remember if this part was open or not um so this particular room um we had the space okay um but it was kind of like an after deal yeah with the landlord so we didn't plan it at first so it, it took us a while to actually fix it up and open it up yeah yeah that's awesome well my first encounter with the banh mi shop uh was actually let's see probably would have been early 2020 so during the pandemic um, you were doing some awesome to-go options, which you do now also. Um, but you were, you know, we were doing curbside and, and pickup and things like that. And you guys pivoted really fast to make sure people could still get their banh mi, um, even if they couldn't eat inside the restaurant, which was super cool. Um, and at the time, I think you had a, like some type of special where you're doing like three sandwiches for a specific price or something along those lines. And, uh, you know, I... I ordered a whole bunch. They're all delicious. Um, I mean, how many sandwiches are on the menu right now? Because it seems like there's like 20 of different types that are available. Yeah, so right now we only have 15 kinds. Tell me a little bit about Mami. So I, I know you're Mami well because um, I've, I've had the sandwiches here very much. But it, from in your perspective, in your words, what's a banh mi? What makes a good banh mi? And how do you construct your banh mi? Okay, so banh mi actually means 
literally bread in Vietnamese. Uh-huh. Um, but people call it a banh mi when they start to put, you know, just meat and ham in yeah. as well. So it's kind of started out as like, you know, one of those ham sandwich from, you know, Western countries. Yeah. You know, when the French came, came into Vietnam, they make all the their charcuterie and, you know, cheese and like pickles. Right. So they, they used to eat, you know, they just cut open a baguette and they put in the charcuterie, whatever pate or sauce that they have um so the vietnamese people took that and make it you know kind of adapt to their taste right the baguette is made lighter i think mostly because you know wheat flour was pretty expensive sure so they want to get you know a bigger piece of bread out of the same amount of dough so they just make it rise bigger so oh, okay. it, it's become lighter um crispier on the outside because it's so almost hollow on the inside yeah Um, so that really created the signature bread for the banh mi. Yeah. Um, and then the charcuterie, instead of, you know, curing it the traditional Western way using the spices that's, uh-huh. you know, not available sometimes. Right. People start using like fish sauce and yeah. just regular spices that are known to them like shallots, garlic, um, soy sauce and make it, uh, you know, the flavor to match the Vietnamese taste. Yeah. And then I think carrots and daikon were cheap and available, so that became our pickles. Yeah. Um, so to me, uh, banh mi have to have the right flavor. You can get the best baguette out there and the best ham that you can find and the best pate, but we put it in a sandwich if it doesn't blend well it doesn't come together it doesn't make a good banh mi so um for me all those flavors have to go together it have to create a flavor that i would say is familiar to me yeah um so that's the standard i i I went by when i test out the ingredients that go into a banh mi is that when i bite into it the flavor has to come out the same way i remembered when i ate it in vietnam That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so the bread, because, so it is, you're saying a little lighter, a little crispier on the outside than maybe a traditional French baguette. Yeah. So a French baguette is, you know, it's kind of skinny. It's very, it's kind of dense. Right. Um, and the crust is a little thicker. Yeah. While the Vietnamese baguette, I mean, it rises so much where the, it, it literally would just shatter. If you bake it, you know, crunchy enough, yeah. it would just shatter in your hand. And then uh, the inside is just like so pillowy that it's just, it's almost like nothing. Yeah, that's awesome. So how, how did you, how did you learn how to bake the bread? Because you, the, the bread, and I know you guys make the mayo here. So are all the ingredients in the banh mi at the banh mi shop made here at the banh mi shop? Yeah, so I can only think of a handful of things that we outsource um, such as the Vietnamese ham, the cha luo. Uh-huh. Um, so we got that from the like churches in Lincoln, okay. which actually um, they have really talented, you know, old fashioned cooks there that, you know, they, I think they volunteer for the church oh, now. Nice. Um, so they sell it to fundraise, you know, for the church. Yeah. And their ham is actually made very well. Um, there's no additive or anything. Yeah. Um, so very good quality. So we buy that from them. But other than that, all our meat, marinade, uh, even the pickles on our sandwiches are made in-house. 
Nice, nice. So, so you're, you're sourcing your meat as close as you can, um, and you're making your bread. You're making that signature mayo. Your mayo is awesome because uh, faithful listeners of the show will recall that I'm not usually a big mayo fan. However, the mayo that goes on a banh mi shop sandwich always stays on there. It's more buttery, maybe, I, I think is a description of it, and, and it just really kind of makes the, the sandwich, you know, gives it that moisture. Like you said, the sandwich is very balanced in a way you have the crusty bread you have the the vegetables the daikon the carrot little cilantro in there um and that's got that that pickle component and it's it, it's not a sweet pickle but it's a sweeter pickle i guess there's still some acidity but a little sweetness to it as well combined with the the myriad of different options you can get for your meat right because you can do a beef patty or pork patty and then all sorts of things that you can get on your on your bottom meat so there's kind of something for everybody here which is really cool so that's awesome if somebody were to come in what would be the first bond me that you might recommend that they try like is there one that's like your favorite or you know yeah so i would say you know if you're new to bond me try the number two which is a lemongrass grilled pork i mean it's you know it's yeah. sliced pork it's marinated with our like a soy sauce marinade that has like fresh lemongrass fresh garlic in there um it's just it's easy to eat it's familiar the flavor is different but familiar right to most people and most people love that sandwich the first time they try it um if you want something traditional then our number one sandwich the cold cut that's the traditional banh mi so in vietnam if you go get a banh mi most places they actually don't have 15 options right they only have usually maybe one or two options and the cold cut is um, the staple, and then they usually don't have the grilled pork available. They usually maybe offer like a meatball sandwich or um, an egg sandwich. Yeah. Um, I would say those two are the classic. And then if you want to try a customer's favorite, then the pork belly yeah. is definitely a favorite. We buy like thick cut pork belly, marinate it, roast it until it's so tender slice it and then right when you order it we sear it so it's a little crispy on the outside so it's really really good nice that's awesome and i mean the nice part is too is they're they're delicious in the shop i've you know i've got them to go they travel very well which is nice um you guys wrap them up very very securely you put a rubber band around them usually they're Mm -hmm. they're they're ready to go so that's cool well what what started the banh mi shop what how did you get to making sandwiches? How did that come about? Well, um, it's, it came from a craving of mine that, you know, when I moved here, I, I didn't even know where Nebraska was. Yeah. Um, I was kind of shocked to find out that, whoa, we're, you know, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I landlocked, moved, no ocean. No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I moved from a big city where I, pretty much I can get anywhere within... 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I can walk most places um, to here. You know, I can't drive. I mean, I can't go anywhere without driving. Right. Yeah, it's very spread out here for sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, there there was no banh mi really here. Right. Um, there was no banh mi shop available. There was nobody that specialized in banh mi. I mean, I've, I've yeah. tried a few places around town, but, you know, they, they offer as as a you know, as an add-on, it's not... Right, there's right. There's places that have maybe a, a one good banh mi available, but it's not, they don't specialize in banh mi. It's right. a, one item on the menu where you guys are, that's your focus is that sandwich, right. yeah. Right, so, I mean, it's it was okay. 
but the flavor wasn't right. I mean, it's like the, the component wasn't right. And, you know, if you ever had a banh mi in Vietnam, you know, you know, unless you get every ingredient correct, right. it's not going to turn out to be a banh mi. Got you. So when like a business opportunity came up, then, you know, that's the first thing that popped into my, my head. And I thought that I would rather do a sandwich shop, you know, something simpler to start out yeah. rather than, you know, full on restaurants with like 10 million dishes. Sure. So I, th I thought I keep it simple that way. Um, it turned out not to be so simple <laughs> because we end up like making everything ourselves. Right, everything's in house. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's something that I wanted to to see happen. So that's how I went with that direction. Hey everyone, are you enjoying the show so far? I hope so, because we're talking with Chloe Tran of the delicious and bubble tea focused Bon Me Shop in Bellevue. Delicious and fresh are the sandwiches. Motivated and driven is Chloe. So let's talk with her some more. That's awesome. So now, do you have a, a background in food or classic, you know, culinary training? Or how did you just get into to food in general? So I self-train. I've never really been to, a, you know, a school, like a cooking school. Sure. So I learned from family. I learned from, you know, blocks. Um, I just basically I just find a recipe and then I follow exactly what that recipe say. And, you know, yeah. sometimes it turned out bad. Sometimes it's turned out good. But um i've been doing that since i was 10. um i just i don't know all of a sudden i i think that oh reading a recipe and like just follow the instructions sound fun and we'll see how it turned out yeah i did i did a lot of baking and then i pick up a lot more cooking once i move here because you know like cooking is uh, you know if i want the stuff that i want to eat right. here then i have to cook it so yeah but I've i've been cooking and baking for a long time so i have um, I, I have quite a bit of experience prior to going into the business. Got you. And, and looking to make the, the sandwich that you enjoy, in this case, at the, at the mm -hmm. Bang Mi shop. And so, so it sounds like you, uh, you lived in Vietnam for a long time and then came yes. to directly to Nebraska? Or? Yeah. So I, I lived in Vietnam for 17 years. Okay. Um, and then moved here to go to high school. Oh, right on. Yep. Okay. And then, yeah, went straight to Nebraska and stayed in Nebraska since. Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Cause, uh, you're a UNO graduate also, correct? Mm -hmm. So awesome. So, and then came straight over from Vietnam to the middle of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a spot where there's, yeah, we have a few Vietnamese restaurants, not a ton, but no banh mi shops. Um, and you create a taste of home here for you. So that's, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. So, and you've definitely, um, you know, made a lot of people happy here in, in Bellevue with the shop. It's a fun shop, which is really, really cool. Um, and you're just putting smiles on, on people's faces with your food. So, and then you do uh, the bubble teas, the boba teas here as well, right, too. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Now, I'll ask, do you guys make your own tapioca pearl? Or is that something that you bring in? Or? No, we, I mean, we cook it fresh, uh -huh. um, but we get it from a supplier. Got you. Got you. Okay, I don't know because I think that's a pretty involved process. I'm guessing. To, yeah, to I mean, there are machines too. you can get to make it, but uh -huh. you know, we're just to keep it simple. We order a really good kind from a supplier. Awesome, awesome, very cool. And then, uh, how many people work with you here? How many are on your staff, give or take a little bit? Yeah, um, right now we have about twelve. Got you. And then, so five years. And then, what are some things that you're looking to do with the Bon Me Shop moving forward? So. 
you know, you've been here five years. What next? Just keep doing awesome business and, and selling sandwiches or anything? Yeah. So um, really after after the, the pandemic, um, yeah. we just really see the benefit of keeping things small and yeah. just take it slow. Yeah. Um, so we definitely want to see it grow. Sure. Um, but we'll take it slow so that when, you know, any kind of expansion that we do, um, we're going to make sure that we're going to do it well. Um, you know, five years in business, and I still feel like we're really new. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot involved in running a business, and not just, you know, not just staffing, not just, you know, putting out of food, but also keep it consistent. Um, I think the, the, the consistency part of, of running a business is probably the hardest part that yeah. most people underestimate. Um, so I want to fine tune those process before any kind of growth. But, you know, in the meanwhile, we, we serve a lot of customers and we serve more and more people every day. Yeah. Um, we're introducing the, uh, banh mi to more people. Yeah. As long as customers are happy with what we're doing, I, I consider it as a success and that we need to keep that up. Uh, regardless of how far or where we're going. Yeah. So, well, and I was thinking about this too. So you, you, you came to Nebraska, went to high school, went to college, graduated college. Did you start the Bon Me shop straight out of college then when you or in the same pro, or time frame there? Yeah. So I got two years of college done and uh-huh. then I took a year gap. Okay. Um, that's when I like started the business. Wow. So th- this always interests me a little bit because to me, the, the, the mental hurdle that you have to jump over to go out on your own to do something like this and start a, a business is kind of a tall one because you, especially in your case, so you just finished up high school, you're in a different country than you spent time in for 17 years, then you're in college. And instead of like going, well, I'm going to work for someone, which is a perfectly fine thing to do as well, but to have the courage and motivation to, I'm going to start my own place. How, how was the, that thought process come about or did it feel very natural? And you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Like how, how did that happen? My family at that point had a little bit of investment that they want to do some sort of business. Yeah. So um, they're not in really in a position to, you know, work directly with anything. So they, yeah came to me and asked if, you know, I can take the money and open a restaurant. So, which at first I'm like, well, I'm in college. I'm not, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to just go open a a restaurant. Right. Like, like you said, I actually was planning that when I graduate college, I want to go work for a few companies to gain experience before I go into, you know, open my own business. So in my mind, I wouldn't be opening a business until maybe like 10 years after I graduate college yeah. or until I have enough savings where I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to make the jump. Right. Um, but opening a restaurant have always been something that I, th- I thought of doing uh-huh. and I wanted to do. After dismissing the idea, I was like, well, what if the opportunity doesn't come again, you know, or sure. if it's not going to come again for a lot, very long time. So I, I guess in my case at that point, ignorance was bliss. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was just, you know, so focused on the fact that I want to have a business that I didn't really know or consider or dwell on a whole lot of the risks that come with it. Sure. 
I, I guess in this case, it was a good thing because, you know, it gave yep. me... It Here gave you me, are. Yeah, it gave me just enough courage to do it. And then, you know, once I'm in, once I realize that, whoa, what did I do to myself? It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> then you're all in anyway. Yeah, so I'm like, well, this is, not, this is now, you know, swim or sink. So yeah. I'm going to swim. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and, and you've been swimming very well because, I mean, five years is, you know, actually a very big milestone for a lot of restaurants. Yeah, I, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I mean, obviously surviving, going through the whole pandemic and, and dealing with that because that was really hard on a lot of restaurants. Um, and, and you guys are still here, which is wonderful. Um, and you said uh, family had some some financial help to kind of get you started. But what what are some of those things that you encountered opening up that maybe you you didn't expect that you you know challenges that you bumped into or? You well, know? Um, I would say right off the shoot was that I didn't realize how how complicated it is to rent a place. You know, I completely understand from a landlord standpoint that they, they read my resume and they're like, hey, hold on, she's in college. <laughs> she's never opened a business before. Uh-huh. You know, she's young. I was, I think I was 21 at that point. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, wow. I, I get why they have concerns, but, you know, they don't necessarily, like, communicate that to you directly. So we waited a really long time just to hear back whether we get to rent the place or not. And um, it actually, uh, the, the way it went was kind of interesting because we were going to rent... Um, space 104 in this building. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was kind of like a there was a lot of space vacant here. Yeah. So we were gonna rent space 104, which was completely vacant. Um, so we had a bid on it, and you know we're we're still waiting on the landlord's opinion. Um, when this space, which was a Papa John's. Oh, okay. Uh, they say that they would close up and they wouldn't renew their lease. Oh. Yeah. So the uh, real estate agent. Uh, walk me over here t- um, to see if we would be interested in buying any of their equipment. So, you know, it was a pizza plate. There was a giant pizza oven right in the middle of the space. And, you know, there's like this giant walk-in cooler that we never even thought of we would ever need it. Yeah. But then they gave us such a good deal on the um, equipment itself. Uh-huh. We're like, okay, maybe we'll, we'll consider um, buying those. Yeah. Then we entertained the opportunity to actually rent this space instead of that of the other space because you know we have a hood already installed that would save us a whole lot of money you know we have to work around it a little bit but you know all things considered it's it's already a functioning restaurant there there were things that we didn't i didn't even know back then like we need a crease trap well they already had a crease trap install that was cost us a lot to install yeah we end up you know, asking to rent this space instead, the 101 space, so we have all the equipments in place. Well, when Papa John went to move out, you know, they're like, hey, we, we need to sell you the equipments, you know, because, you know, otherwise, if you don't buy it, we're going to have to sell it to somebody else. So I'm like, okay, I, I was sure that, you know, we were on, on board and with getting the space, so yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll just buy it now. Yeah. So I got a hood, a walk-in cooler, um, millions of restaurant stainless steel tables, <laughs> and a sink invested. Yeah. It was, it was a chunk of our you know, investment money. After Papa John moved out, the property manager was like, well, you didn't get the lease yet. You have to 
take these things off. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. I didn't think about this. So yeah. basically I had stuff that I bought still installed in the space where, you know, realistically when they move out of a space, they need to take their equipment with them. Right. So I was in full panic mode and I was like, oh my goodness, like what am I going to do? It's going to cost me like thousands of dollars just to, you know, take those down. Yeah. And then where am I going to store it? I think the landlord at that point was like, they're obviously is committed. Yeah. <laughs> so they just went ahead and rented to us. Wow. So that that was that was kind of of a roller coaster. But yeah, I, I would have to say I'm I'm glad I made that move because if we didn't buy the equipment, um, you know, we wouldn't end up having enough money to to spend to install those or buy, you know, other equipments and install in another space right so. right so so did you did the equipment then get moved from that bay to this one is that no that it, it's all the equipments that already come in this okay it was already in this space okay yep. well that's that's awesome so you got yourself a good deal on that stuff because that stuff is not cheap in any way right so but that was wow what a good I guess good good fortune that everything kind of landed the way that it did. So you had all of those things. Yeah, so. I, I I guess it was it was risky on on my part, but yeah. then you know it, it worked out in the end. So that's awesome. And and so did you end up? You do you do you still have like the pizza oven back there? And no, the, we didn't we didn't buy that one. We bought the hood. Oh, the hood. Uh, okay. You know the hood was a big thing. Yeah. Um, then the walk-in cooler we yeah. kept that, and then the sink, the three compartment sinks, the grease trap. So I mean we we had some pretty big you know, things yeah. in the space. Wow, wow. And did how did you learn that you needed those things? So like the three compartment sink, right? That's a necessary thing because otherwise you're not going to pass health inspection because it has to have those things. Like how did you find out that you even needed such a thing? Like, you know, I, I wouldn't know that. Um, honestly, I didn't <laughs> find <laughs> out that I need it until after I had it. And I'm like, ooh, we needed that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's why I said it was it was a blessing that we were able to just move into a you know an, an, an existing, existing restaurant. Yeah. Because otherwise, like I said, I I didn't even know that we need a crease trap for you know, and then you know the building code change every few oh, months or sure. every year. Um. So I have no idea what that entail, and you know the standard of building out a restaurant here is completely different from what I know in Vietnam. Yeah, you know. sure. Well, and I, and I bet that it's even different state to state and county to county, uh, you know, because we're in Sarpy County here, and I, I know Douglas County has its own list of things, and so even getting that straight would be just kind of a challenge, I would think. So. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I definitely consider myself lucky um, that way because, like I said, you know, I was... I did not have a whole lot of ideas of what I was going into. Yeah. Having things work out the way it did was, you know, a great blessing. <laughs> I truly hope you enjoyed the first half of the show because there's more to come on our conversation with Chloe Tran of the Bon Me Shop at 923 Galvin Road in Bellevue. But it's message time. So hang on to your fork, stay right where you are, and stay hungry. Welcome back to Saturday Omaha. Dave Zorko here. On this episode, it's Food Recognize Food with Chloe Tran of the Bon Me Shop at 923 Galvin Road in Bellevue. 
They serve a variety of this tasty Vietnamese sandwich, as well as bubble teas. But this episode is focused on Chloe and her drive and passion. So let's hear more of our conversation. So what, when, when you started this business, what, you know, what type of hours were you putting in? Because I know it wasn't 40 hours a week. I'm sure it was a lot more than no, that. What, <laughs> um, so when we first started out, um, we were in such a rush to open. Um, because at the point where we opened, we were already like, I think a month late from where, when we're supposed to be opening, oh, Okay. you know, and then the investment money I have was running out and, yeah. you know, we have to, we're supposed to start paying rent and we're not making any money. So, yeah. um, I didn't really have time to like hire people, train people the way it's supposed to be yet. So I was doing everything from making sandwiches to drinks to prep work. I mean, I have a few staff, but they're not really trained. Yeah. So everybody was trying to help, but they didn't know what to do. Sure. Um, so I was here. Um, and then b- back then, we opened from 10 to 10, seven days a week. Oh, which, my goodness. Again, another thing that I didn't think about when I set the hours, what I, you know, was that how labor and how opening that long of hours, no break, you know, have to do with how my business, you know, run. So I just went with that first. So I was, I'm definitely there early in the morning, every day, about like maybe seven or eight, um, work the shift from, you know, opening to close. And then sometime it wasn't until like two, three a.m. in the morning that I leave the place. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Now, uh, some quick math there gives me that you didn't have much time for sleep. No, so. <laughs> no. Like I, I was actually the first week of opening. I was so like wired up. I guess like sure, I, just I, ready to go. Yeah, I was just go, 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 go. That I, I wasn't even feeling hungry. I wasn't like I was just pure adrenaline pretty much yeah. like yeah yeah but then after a week then I, it started to crash so i was like i was hungry i was tired i was you know but, it all just kind of started catching up a little bit yeah but you know i i don't really remember how i got through i think i ate a lot of stuff after uh-huh. a week of opening <laughs> <laughs> but yeah somehow it kept going and uh, yeah i actually regretted the first day um after our, our soft opening, which we opened at five, I believe, yeah. um, but we only got so much bread made the first day, we ran out at like an hour and a half after. Oh my goodness, right yeah. after opening. So like at yeah. 6.30 or so, you're, yeah. you're out of bread. Yeah, we were supposed to open till like nine or 10. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really expect people to come out and support the soft opening that much. Yeah. So um, we were out of bread, I was like shocked. And, you know, I was already tired at that point. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to even get up and open the next day. I don't know what I got myself into. I regret this decision. Oh, no. <laughs> but after all, it worked out. That's good. That's good. How, how long do you think it took you, just give or take a little bit, to kind of get a feeling for, well, I need to adjust my hours so we're not 10 to 10, seven days a week. And, and you know, because you're you're brand new to running your own business, you haven't. You, you hadn't worked in a restaurant before, but you have one. That's a lot to just the, the human resources part of thing, the people part of thing where like, I need to do, not only do I have to cook, but I've got to do scheduling and, and we're running out of stuff. And like, did that take a while to hit kind of a stride where you're like, okay, I've got some process and this is working. And like, how did that come about? I think maybe after a few months, I started to get a hang of it gotcha. um, because 
you know, the first few months, I, I was still just running on whatever's in front of me. You yeah. know, I, I see what needs to be done in front of me, and I do it. And, you know, I don't have really time much to think about this and that area. I need to run better and right. whatnot. So, I mean, in most, most startup businesses, I, I think, run into that kind of thing when they, like, we have to do everything, you know, and you're not only that, you know, you're not the expert in everything, but you don't know how to do right. a lot of things. Right. And then, uh, and then, <laughs> right. And not only that, but then teaching others to do what they need to do too. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, There's a lot to figure out. I would say, you know, we make mistakes. We learn from it. Um, Absolutely. I, I say going back to school because I, I went back to school that spring semester uh-huh. after the shop opened. The shop opened in November. I think I went back to school in January. Yeah. Just going back to school because I, I went to, uh, business school for UNO. Yeah. Um, so they gave me a lot of perspective um, as I go because, yeah. you know, the problems I encountered while running the business, you know, going to business school, I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm not just stupid. It's, sure. it's something that you have to learn to know how to do. You know, it's just right. something as, uh, you know, simple as maybe payroll. Yeah. And or, you know, accounting and, you know, human resource, you know, you, I, I didn't realize I have to learn everything, but it's there. So at least yeah. I, I know where to go to to learn these things now. Absolutely. Did like when you started up the shop, did you ever go back and talk to any of your professors or did you were there any like quotes or bits of information you remember from any of them that that maybe helped you at all or anything like that? Um, Not not particularly like a quote or anything, uh-huh. but I, I do remember an impressions that I get out of, um, because I, I, t- I took a double major. One is like a management oh. and one is an entrepreneurship. Okay. So during the, all the entrepreneurship, you know, course with different classes, yeah. the conclusion for entrepreneurship is like, yes, it's, it's hard. Yes, you're going to fail, but the... You know, the point of it is, you know, you you have the courage to start it. You have the courage to learn from it. And that's the whole point of entrepreneurship. That's you know, awesome. you, you find a, an issue, uh-huh. I would say, an issue or a gap in the um, market. And, you know, you, you have a business to solve that. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point of entrepreneurship. That's awesome. Well, and, and you, you certainly have done that because, uh, you know, again, yeah, you're the only... I, I don't even know if there's another Bon Me shop within a hundred miles of here because I don't I don't know if there I don't think there's one in Lincoln not that I know of maybe there is uh, but yeah there there is one in Lincoln is there one in Lincoln okay mm-hmm. so maybe all right within forty five miles but nowhere else around town that that specializes in it you're in Bellevue which there's there's so many great small restaurants here in the Bellevue area which are awesome um but you're you know that sandwich especially when you can get a a grab and go type thing really quick um super helpful but yet you're also providing something that's made in-house so it's still fresh it's still delicious there's a lot of care put into that sandwich so you did find a really cool niche for for your sandwich so that's awesome well we'll circle back to bon me here and in a little bit but i also wanted to talk to you chloe about Places maybe you like to eat in Omaha or the surrounding area when you're not eating Bon Me. Where are some other where are some places you might recommend people go if they're not getting a sandwich at the Bon Me shop? Um, well, we love Umami for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, um, yeah, best sushi in town. Um, love everything they make. 
So we go there a lot. Uh, Blue and Fly for oh yeah um, traditional Chinese food. Yeah, love love them. And then they also do cakes, which are really good. Really, they do cakes. Yeah, so you can order like huh. a- Asian style fruit cake from um, Blue and Fly. Really, it's really pretty. It's like like whipped cream sponge cake. So good. Wow, I I had no idea. That's awesome. So Blue and Fly is fun because I, there are some uh, Asian restaurants or Chinese restaurants that you can ask for the real traditional menu, but Blue and Fly kind of offers that right up front. They're like, right. here's your general's chicken, here's your whatever, and then here's the traditional menu. So right. I think that's cool that you can get that just right there. Is there any dish that you might recommend somebody try from Blue and Fly off of that traditional Chinese menu if they haven't tried well, it? We usually order like the red braised pork belly or Ooh, nice. the salt and pepper ribs. Those are pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but if you feel a little more adventurous, then their jellyfish salad was, is really good. Really? Yeah, jellyfish and cabbage salad, yep. Or huh. um, like a salted egg yolk shrimp, uh, which is they, they lightly fry the shrimp, yeah. whole shrimp, and then they coat it in like a salted egg yolk sauce. Wow. Well, je- I mean, jellyfish salad on its own just sounds really interesting. I've never had a jellyfish before. So. It's really good. And Omami actually serve them fresh at, you know, sashimi if really? you're interested. Wow. Okay, cool. And then as far as the cakes at Blue and Fly, is that something that's on the menu? You just have to ask them about them or like yeah. how? So it's a custom order. Okay. Uh, so you would have to order ahead of time. And uh, the owner of Blue and Fly just make that as a side gotcha. to their business. Got you. That's awesome. That's awesome. How, how big are the cakes? Um, I think you can order uh, like a six or an eight inch cake. Okay. Okay. So decent size enough to split between a few people then. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell her the size and then, you know, we last my, my birthday this year, my husband ordered a 10 inch cake, which was like huge. So yeah. And then they were like three or four layers. So I wow. mean, it was a lot of cake. That's super fun. That's like like a sneaky menu item too. That's like a, that's an awesome tip there. Well, that's awesome. So umami, blue and fly, and at umami, just pretty much any of the sushi, or do you have a favorite roll or sashimi or like? Um, what? I would say if you like if you, if you can eat the raw stuff. Yeah. Um, they have like a sushi for two plate Ooh. or sushi for three. That's um, consider the price of of ordering. You know, each piece is yeah. really cheap because it's a Huge plates of maybe sixteen pieces. Oh wow! And it was like fifty something for two people. Yeah. Yeah. So it was that's a really good deal. Um, but if you really want to try like good stuff, then yeah. their omakase is definitely great. Um, we try to go once every year. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, Keen was a, Keen's the chef there. Right. Keen, Keen Cheng. Or yeah. Cheng, right? yeah. Yeah. He he always like change things up, um, so we can try different things every year. Hey everyone, we're talking with Chloe Tran of the Bon Me Shop at 923 Galvin Road in Bellevue. Let's talk with her some more. That is one thing I know uh, Yoshitomo also offers that, and I have not got a chance to do that at either location. What Do you know what Keen charges for the Omakase at last check? I don't even know. Um, so. It was 125 per person, which is very affordable for an Omakase. Right, right, because you, you have chef all to yourself yep. making those things fresh right in front of you yep. um and i you know that that freshness of the fish just directly to your plate that's awesome you can't beat that oh yeah and um if if you want to really enjoy you know uh, omakase you go during like not busy hour like uh-huh. you know after lunch hour or late at night um, so keen have all the time to focus on on you and talking to you about what you're eating. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, he is very accommodating. Um, I, I want to go to, to Yoshitomo as well um, because their omakase looks awesome as well. Uh, yeah. I just never did get a chance to. That's fair. Well, and, and Umami's right down the street from Bamisha, right. so that's kind of nice too. <laughs> right. But well, Yeah, we don't get up to Benson a whole lot, except for Heartland Barbecue. Ooh, yeah, tell me. What do you like to get at Heartland? Um, so their brisket is good. Yeah. I usually just get the classic, like a chopped brisket sandwich. Um, sure. Their ribs are really good. Um, I like the classic size, potato salad, cucumber salad, uh, baked beans, cornbread, just, you know, all the classic barbecue stuff, but... Um, when it comes to good barbecue, I, I say Heartland is on our top. That's awesome. Omaha, Omaha staple. They've been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, where anywhere else around Omaha or even the world? Any any places if they're you know traveling around anywhere in the U.S. anywhere at all that you well, like I to mean go? like. Omaha, it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. Omaha have like a lot of good places to eat. Yeah. Um, Stella, still best burger. So to, good. To me, yeah. I, I've, I haven't tried any other burger that can top Stella's. I mean, I don't, you know, it's a reference, I guess. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been doing that since like 1930-something. So, yeah, yeah, they know how to make a burger for sure. Yeah. Um, I love Thai food in Omaha. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of good Thai places for sure. In the U.S., I say if you have a chance to go down to North Carolina, okay. um, in Wilmington, okay. um, there's a restaurant called Indochin that I love. This is a Vietnamese Thai restaurant. So yeah. food-wise, I'm not sure if they're like 100% authentic, uh-huh. um, but the decoration is awesome. The uh, ambiance is awesome because um, the owner, her dad, I think, and, and, and she started as well collecting antiques um, oh, okay. from Vietnam. Her dad is French, I believe. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, you know, she grew up during the Indochine time in Vietnam. Uh-huh. Yeah, a- collecting, like, antiques, and she lived in Thailand, um, came here with her husband in because he was in the military. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a great place for, like, cultural experience. That's awesome. So besides banh mi, I mean, if somebody's going to go eat Vietnamese food for the first time and they haven't had anything before... Is there anything that you might recommend that somebody try? Because, um, you know, thankfully, I think Omaha eaters are, you know, because we have such a good selection. I think we like to try things, but sometimes people are a little hesitant, maybe if they haven't tried a a specific cuisine before. So is there anything you might recommend? It's like, oh, it's my first time eating a Vietnamese restaurant. They should have what? Um, I say pho is the most popular. You know, everybody love it. Um, And, you know, you can't go wrong with pho. I mean, I, I... I think I ate pho, like, almost every day in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with that. But otherwise, uh, like, grilled pork rice plates um, or, verbi- right, you know, vermicelli with Vietnamese-style uh, egg rolls are really good. Vietnamese egg rolls are so awesome. I, I have a, a toss-up for me between a Filipino uh, lumpia and a Vietnamese egg roll. Those are probably my two favorite, like, iterations of an egg roll. So, yeah. so good. Like, honestly, here, you can't really find um, Vietnamese egg roll in this, like, really, like, authentic form. Ooh, what's, what, are, what are we missing here? That uh, Mostly the wrappers. Okay. Uh, so the fillings, uh, you know, the fillings is one thing, but the wrappers in Vietnam, they actually use a rice paper for the wrapper. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here, they mostly use, you know, the same wrapper you find in Lumpy. Right, right. So the rice paper, it creates, like, a very thin and crispy skin for the egg rolls when you fry it. Yeah. Um, it's just that in Vietnam... Rice paper is made fresh. Okay. So it's much easier to make uh, egg rolls out of that 
compared to here where the uh, wrapper, the rice paper is usually shipped like dry. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to make egg rolls out of a dry, you know, rice paper like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, right, because I've seen some spring rolls that are uh, like a spring roll style that's cold that has more of a thinner rice paper, but not a, a fried one. And now you're gonna have to help me out, but I, I do seem to recall seeing um, possibly some wrappers made fresh, not here, but uh, with like a rice liquid, and then it's like pulled across like a screen or something right. flat, so and then, that, yeah. That's more like, um, it's called ban kung. It's oh. similar to like chen fun in okay. Chinese cuisine, Cantonese. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a little different. That's, okay. So a, a rice paper, I guess, is it's made similar to that, except for like they they hang it and they dry it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Got you. So. But the, this one is, you know, they make it fresh. It become like a thin layer of like rice uh, roll. Yeah. So I mean, I I love that too, but it's it's a fresher form of rice paper that's awesome yeah because I, I i would love to experience that yeah, if you if you find anybody in town that's doing that let me know so i could go <laughs> um, <laughs> I could try let, me s let me think here i think you can order that from a few vendors like not not official uh, not official restaurant but sometimes like churches in lincoln or like buddhist temple sometimes uh -huh. they for their fundraising yeah um, they do that oh cool but if you want to like get the chinese version then go gold mountain in exarp oh yeah okay yeah, yeah so, i need to go over there because they do dim sum over there and yeah I, so yeah. yeah i love dim sum so well that's what that's kind of what i grew up eating too so awesome that's so cool well you you naturally gave me a really good segue here because the other thing i wanted to talk about with you chloe is uh, food memory. And I mean, obviously, Bon Mi is one of those because you've created a shop. But in, in, in your life, are there any meals or dishes or things that really are important to you? So I, I bring up a couple examples on the show all the time. One is my grandmother's cinnamon rolls uh, that she used to bake, and, and I always enjoyed those very, very much. Or my dad, um, he would grill steak outside. It was kind of our Sunday night dinner. Um, and that's just one of those things I can I can remember you know, what it tasted like, what it looked like, and it just kind of pulls you back through time a little bit. What are some dishes or experiences around food that are really important to you that you've brought with you to now? Um, there, there is one thing that I remember. Um, so when I was really young, um, I did not like food. I did not like to eat. I mean, I, I was... Oh, interesting. And now you own a restaurant. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I did not like to eat like at all. I mean, every, every day feeding me was a chore for uh -huh. my parents. So, but I, I remember one time my mom made something that I ate it. And then all of a sudden food started to make sense to me. Oh, uh, interesting. It's almost like you were sleeping and, you know, this didn't matter to you. And then you were, you got awakened. Yeah. You know, and at, from that point on, I'm like, this actually tastes good, and, uh -huh. you know. And then later on, after that, then food started to make sense. Um, it was a dish that my mom made uh, out of tomato. So she cut a tomato in half, okay. uh, scooped the inside out. Okay. Um, and then she used por like ground pork yeah. to season it with a little bit of like oyster sauce yeah. and peppers maybe. Yeah. And then stuff it inside a tomato and then she pan fried it. 
Ooh. Yeah, so it's pan fried like that until the tomato is really tender, really soft. The meat is charred on the outside. And then mix that in with rice and soy sauce and boom. I don't know why, but it tasted really good. Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's one thing that I always remember. Food memories, why I, I tend to like things with like a simpler taste. Okay. Because when, when I was in Vietnam, it's just there's a lot of, we have access to a lot of fresh vegetable that, sure. you know, like Vietnamese corn, like is a stickier kind of corn. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that I love. Um, so that's just boiled corn. Yeah. Now, when I think back about food memory, I, I like those simpler things. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, sometimes simple is just the best, you yeah. know, good balance <laughs> and whatnot. So that, wow. So, I, I mean, I've definitely had like stuffed bell peppers with, you know, ground beef and rice, but... Stuffed tomato sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. Same and concept, then, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then with use ground pork and oyster sauce is just delicious. So mm -hmm. so that works out good. And then pan fried on top of that. So you're getting mm -hmm. that char on there and that that sounds great. Mm -hmm. Is it do you do you still make that for yourself sometimes? Yeah, yeah, I still do. I, I still love that dish. So I mean in the summer when we have a lot of tomatoes, that's definitely a Yeah. Well and and one thing speaking of growing food and fresh vegetables and things like that that I have to thank you on this uh, on this episode for is this is probably it may have been two years ago it may have even been more than that I was in search of uh, Thai basil and I couldn't oh, find okay. any Thai basil or anything oh, okay. like that and um, I think we we're in I was posting it on Omaha Food Lovers and you had actually reached out to me and you're like if you need some basil I've got heaps of basil in my garden oh, yeah. and I would give you some and just, you know, uh, listeners, as you're listening to this show, um, we had never met. This is the first time we've ever like met at the same time. So you were so kind and reached out over the, the cyber airwaves there and said, Hey, I just stopped down at the shop. I've got some basil for you. Um, and I just really wanted to thank you for that. That was such a wonderful gesture you totally didn't have to do that and it was so kind so yeah, you're welcome thank you very much so yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah we we still got a lot of basil in our garden so you know anytime you need it uh, thai basil and regular basil it just it just grow crazy that's awesome that's mm -hmm. wonderful well so what what all are you growing at home so you uh so w when we started our conversation you've got meats on the smoker at home so you've got that going you've got the shop running here so you're growing basil thai basil and what what else is growing in the garden um we got tomato i got vietnamese corn growing this year which it didn't yield very much corn i, I still need to find out why that is we got thyme sage or oregano lemongrass um, zucchini was already done. Um, we got cucumber that didn't do well this year. And oh, then, wow. Okay. Um, pie pumpkins. Yeah. So I grow that and then roast them and then use them for pumpkin pies. Oh, delicious. The holiday is really good. That's awesome. So I, I am a little bit more curious about Vietnamese corn because I don't know that I've ever had it. How does it, does it differ when you look at it from the corn that maybe people around Omaha are familiar with? Or Yeah. So, I mean, the, the kernels are a little, um, pale in color it's okay. like pale yellow yeah um and it's definitely stickier more like more like a sticky rice texture really yeah it's not like super juicy and sweet like sweet sweet corn is yeah i mean if you want to try it they sell the pre-cooked ones frozen at asian markets got you yeah okay. so i mean that's what i that's what i 
go for when you know i don't have fresh yeah ones. yeah and does it the uh the ear size is it a similar size ear of corn to our corn or bigger or smaller um I, I i would say it's a little shorter and a little wider a little wider oh interesting okay mm -hmm. i'm totally gonna have to look for this now that's exciting yeah that's very awesome so super cool well um definitely want to be respectful of your time because you have things to do around here as well i'm sure oh, um nice. but uh yeah i guess before we kind of wrap things up here um anything else um, coming up at the, the Bon Me shop or just anything in general about food that you might like to let people know? I mean, we're, we're still kind of waiting to, to hear back on this, but um, we might be considering a drive-thru for the winter. Oh, cool. So that might be exciting. Um, that has to be up to our landlord, though, so we're not sure yet. Yeah. Yeah, that is exciting. Uh -huh. That is we're, so we're we're facing kind of northeast-ish. So where would the the window be if you were to uh, get one? So it would be right there where the grass is. Okay. And then you know we would take a parking space out of there and then make uh -huh. a curb up to the side of the building. Got you. Got you. That's awesome. Well, cool. And then, um, so I, I don't, so you have teas available. You have the, uh, bon mis, uh, bubble teas, all sorts of things available and which is really cool. What's the best way for people to find out what's going on at the bon mi shop to get a bon mi if they need one? Um, I would say our, our Facebook page or Instagram page are the main, um, page we use to, you know, make any announcement or, post anything new yeah um but you can log into our website um and check out the menu um it's available up there and we also have seasonal drinks that we post online as well that yeah you, you do some try. fun ones that i've seen too oh yeah yeah um so one that i'm really excited to bring back this this fall is called uh, uh honey bush pumpkin chai so we make the we make the chai um concentrate ourselves. Oh, cool. And then we use a honeybush chai tea. Um, honeybush is a, is a kind of tea. Um, is, it has no caffeine in it. Okay. Um, but when you mix the two together, it's just so warm and nice and spicy. It's just a perfect chai for the fall. That's awesome. So as, as temperatures start getting a little bit colder, that might be a, be oh, yeah. a good go-to. Yeah, so. I'm, not, I'm, not kind of, I'm not in a big hurry for getting fall drinks out just because you know I'm, i kind of wait for the weather to cool down a little bit that makes sense that makes sense and that's yeah because it uh it's still still a little warm it's been warm this week so yeah. there's that but uh, which is good you know i your vegetables i'm sure are doing very very well and uh tomato season right now so i'm, I'm assuming that those are those are coming in so mm -hmm. that's fantastic well chloe tran thank you so much for spending time with me and talking with me and telling me all about the bond me shop and and how you got your start mm -hmm. and uh it's just been been absolutely delightful so we are uh sitting in the bond me shop and this is Saturday Omaha. And thank you everybody out there for listening. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email Omaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry.